You're listening to Grounded, a podcast by the Oregon Department of Energy. Welcome back, and thanks for listening to Grounded. Are you ready to rock down to Electric Avenue? Today, we're talking to Forth, formerly known as Drive Oregon, about their work to help Oregonians and beyond learn more about electric cars. Forth has a new electric showcase in downtown Portland with electric vehicles ready to take you on a test drive. Here to tell us more about it is Forth's Executive Director, Jeff Allen. So Jeff, for people unfamiliar with Forth, what do you do here? Forth is really an advocate for electric and advanced mobility. That means we do a few different things. We do um, industry development, so a lot of networking events, connecting partners on projects. We do advocacy work. We're working right now to try and secure an electric vehicle rebate in the Oregon legislature, for example. We do demonstration and pilot projects of various kinds. And we also increasingly do a lot of consumer engagement, just trying to reach directly to consumers to get more electric vehicles on the road, more charging stations installed, and so forth. So Forth is the nonprofit formerly known as Drive Oregon. After six years uh, working as Drive Oregon, why the name change? There were a couple of reasons we wanted to change our name and, and do it right now. First of all, we've always, from our very earliest days, worked not just on cars, but on electric assist bicycles, buses, forklifts, industrial equipment. So drive was always a little bit of an awkward piece of our name. We had also been looking for some time to expand our geographic footprint. And with some recent funding from the Department of Energy, we were able to take on a big chunk of work up in Washington state and increasingly some of the demonstration projects we're doing are taking us all over the country and overseas. So the Oregon part of the name was also kind of a problem. Uh, And then as we were working to do more consumer engagement, we really wanted a name that was a little more consumer friendly, sounded a little bit less like a government agency. Sure. Uh, So put all those things together and we decided it was the right time to make a change. And fourth kind of has this feeling of moving forward and going to the future and making changes. That's that's exactly what we were hoping people would feel. So thank you. <laughs> good, good. Uh, so you've touched on this a little bit, but what are your goals for transportation in the Pacific Northwest? Oh gosh. Well, we're in an amazing time right now for transportation. It's it's the most disruptive time for transportation mobility. Uh, in decades, maybe even back to World War II. And it's several different forces coming together. So one is the electrification of powertrain, but also the push on autonomous and connected vehicles, and also the push for uh, shared mobility. So you put all those pieces together, and it's incredibly uh, exciting and uh, disruptive, and for some folks, probably terrifying, time to be in this space. And so really what we're trying to do is accelerate the growth of that advanced mobility industry, but also get more of those technologies deployed on the ground in communities and get them into the communities that need them the most, where they'll do the most good, and in ways that will help us achieve all of the uh, public goals we have. So just to take an example, with autonomous or self-driving cars, there's sort of a utopian vision where Uh, Some analysts are saying there's going to be 99% fewer privately owned cars uh, on the roads. That's pretty bold. (laughs) Well, because the idea is that you'll have these self-driving Uber or Lyft-like vehicles that will pick you up, 
take you where you need to go, move on to the next person, be constantly in motion and be much more efficient that way. Then there's sort of the dystopian version of that where uh, I send my private car to take my kids to school. Then it comes back and gets me. It takes me to work. Instead of paying for parking, I send the car home to park during the day. And then it comes back to pick me up at the end of the day. Oh, and on the way home, I remember I need to pick up a gallon of milk. So I go by the grocery store and I just have it circle the block while I run into the store. So all of a sudden you have maybe fewer cars, but a lot more traffic. Right, and the same number of trips that you would have if you were driving yourself. Exactly, or even more trips, right? So suddenly you can imagine having driverless traffic jams and zero occupancy vehicle lanes. So a lot of what we're doing is trying to figure out how do we uh, use these technologies uh, in ways that further those social goals, um, and how do we kind of create some common sense guidelines to minimize any of the negative disruptions. Mm -hmm. Well, it's something that's realistic, too. I mean, it, I think that it's probably fair to say that most people are still in the drive-alone category, but more and more are moving to these alternate modes of transportation, whether it's public transportation or bicycles or the sharing economy like Lyft and Uber. And so I think that as people find those better ways or different ways to go, more and more people are getting on board with that because it's working so well. Part of what's fascinating about working in transportation as opposed to, say, electricity generation is it's much more complicated. You know, a kilowatt hour is a kilowatt hour at the end of the day, but a mile in a bus is not the same as a mile riding a bike or a mile sitting in the back of a lift car or a mile stuck in traffic in your own car. And we need lots of different solutions. And part of what we're seeing now is those solutions are emerging. They're becoming a lot easier for people to access. And it's becoming a lot easier for folks to pick the right mobility mode for each trip instead of a one-size-fits-all kind of approach, Mm -hmm. if you follow me. So for most people, the car is the second most expensive thing you own, and it's used at about 2% of its capacity, right? Because the average car is parked for about 20 hours out of the day or more. And when it's driven, it usually has about one point one person in it. (laughs) So you do the math and you're only using about 2% of that capacity. It's a huge waste. And so the potential for economic savings, for environmental savings, um, for better service are just huge if we can unlock some of that. You mentioned that one of the things that Forth is focused on is really reaching that consumer level. So tell me about the Electric Showcase, which opened in downtown Portland in May. Absolutely. Yeah, that showcase is one of the most exciting things we have going on right now. So we just opened in May. And the idea is uh, to really demystify electric mobility for the consumer. Right now, most car makers only manufacture one or two models. Most people have no idea that any of them exist. And um, if they do know that electric vehicles exist and they have some interest in them, they would have to travel to all these different car dealerships um, to check out each of the vehicle types. And that's not most people's idea of a good time. So (laughs) So the idea is to have a brand neutral, low stress environment where folks can come in, learn from our nonprofit staff who do not get a commission about all the different options that are available, and then take vehicles for a test drive. So we have several vehicles that we own or lease that people can schedule for a test drive. Uh, We can get access to others um, to bring in for people to test drive. 
We have um, it, several different types of charging stations on site so people can see what those look like. They can actually play around with plugging them in and unplugging them and see how that feels. We have um, trip planners so you can look at where all the different charging stations are located. And we've just unveiled a uh, ride finder feature so you can basically answer a few simple questions about your lifestyle that will help steer you towards what kind of vehicles might work best for you. What kind of questions does it ask? Like how often you drive or what kind of car you're looking for? Yeah, it's basic questions like how much do you drive? How many people or how much gear are you usually hauling around when you drive? Do you take a lot of long distance road trips? What kind of housing situation are you in? Because uh, people who live in an apartment building and don't have anywhere to plug in at home have some different challenges versus folks who own their own home and have a garage. And it, I think, is about 10 or 12 questions. And uh, you walk through those and it'll, how much you're willing to pay is obviously another big question. And then based on that, it'll steer you towards here's a few different models that you might want to look at more closely. And tell, tell everyone where your showcase is located. Yes. So the showcase is on First Avenue in downtown Portland between Salmon and Taylor. So right down by the World Trade Center. It's actually right around the corner from Electric Avenue where we have several fast charging stations. So we can walk out and show those to people as well and practice plugging into those. We have several vehicles usually out on the street on First Avenue right in front of the showcase. And we're open six days a week with, as I say, staff and volunteers who are brand neutral and just want to help people get into a vehicle that makes sense to them. Uh, we're also located online at fourthmobility.org. And again, on that website, you can go through the Ride Finder questionnaire, look at different vehicle models, schedule a test drive, you know, just as easily as you would make a hotel reservation or a haircut reservation. Piece of cake, I like that. Absolutely. So what kind of cars do you have available? So right now at the showcase, we have the Chevy Bolt EV, which is the new 238-mile range all-electric vehicle. It's about $30,000 after the federal tax credit. And that's a popular one for people to check out. That's getting a lot more people interested in electric vehicles, I would say. Yeah, this definitely has an improved range from some previous models. Yes, absolutely. It's the, really the first affordable vehicle that has a over 200-mile all-electric range. And that really is going to meet almost all of your driving needs, almost all of the time. Uh, we've driven it from our office here in Portland up to Seattle. You don't need to charge on the way. It's just like just like driving a regular just car, like you except better. Just like you your tank and exactly. better. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so we have one of those. We have a um, Ford C-Max Energy, which is a uh, plug-in hybrid. So it'll go uh, 20 or 30 miles on electricity, and then the gasoline engine kicks in, and you can drive it as long as you want. So... If you don't get around to charging it or if you're taking a longer road trip, it works just like a hybrid. And that's also more of a uh, compact SUV form factor. So it works really well for people with dogs, things like that, skis. Mm -hmm. Things um, that are important to Oregonians. Exactly. Yeah. Very, very popular in Oregon. Mm -hmm. And then we have a, uh, a Nissan Leaf that we bought used. And part of what we wanted to highlight was how affordable these vehicles are. There's half a dozen models you can lease new for less than $200. In fact, there's deals offered now and again where you can lease them for as little as $99 a month. Ooh. But if you look at the used vehicles, it gets even more affordable. So you can buy a, I believe the model we have is a 2014 Nissan Leaf, has about 25,000 miles on it, less than $10,000. And then you're paying almost nothing in maintenance or fuel. Uh, so it's an extremely affordable 
choice. And so we wanted to have one of those to show people as well. So those are the first three we're starting with, and then we'll be bringing on more uh, over the next several months. And then you mentioned you have uh, ways to, to get access to other cars if somebody does want to look at something that you don't have yet. Yes, exactly. So the most obvious and easiest is anybody can take a test drive of a, of a BMW i3 just by joining Reach Now, the local car share service here, and they have about 100 of those in their fleet. Then we're working with local dealers, and the idea is to have them basically do guest appearances. You know, So uh, if you want a particular kind of vehicle that we don't have, uh, we may not have it in our, in our fleet, but we'll have uh, a dealer representative with that vehicle on site a couple days a week, sort of for office hours where people can schedule test drives. So we're putting those deals together right now. And then they're still coming somewhere where it's fairly neutral, even though it, it's a, a dealership partnership, there still isn't that, that pressure to buy. Exactly. Yeah, there isn't the pressure to buy. You don't, um, the other thing is a lot of those car dealerships are not exactly in convenient locations, right? They're far out on the east side or they're over in Vancouver. So having a location right in downtown where you can come and meet the person, go for the test drive, not feel quite as captive to the dealership, uh, I think will be really appealing to folks. So if somebody stops by the showcase, what can they expect when they walk in the doors? Well, I describe the showcase as being sort of a cross between a car dealership and OMSI. Uh, and the best of both, hopefully. So it's a really bright space. We have some really friendly people down there. And there are some educational, informational displays. So as I say, there's a touchscreen map where you can look at all the different charging stations around the country. So you can look at routes that you often travel and um, see where there's charging stations available or look in the metro area. There's another touchscreen panel where you can walk through the ride finder questions, as I mentioned. There's a display that talks about the technology of the vehicles and things like regenerative braking, you know, how does the car recover uh, electricity and put it back into the battery when you tap the brakes and things like that. Um, And then there's just a nice kind of area to hang out and uh, talk about the vehicles, fill out the paperwork if you want to go for a test drive, that kind of thing. So somebody signs up for a test drive, how long does the test drive usually last? Is it one of your fourth staff or volunteers that takes them out for a drive? Yeah, so one of our staff or volunteers will ride with the person. They just need to be um, 18 or older, have a driver's license and all of that. And in fact, if people, really depends on how long they want to take the test drive. I think most of them are over in less than an hour, but we also have all of our vehicles listed on Turo, which is a peer-to-peer car sharing platform. It's kind of like Airbnb for your car. And so if someone wants to have a longer test drive, they can actually rent one of the cars for a weekend uh, or for a few days and take it home, you know, try it out for a few days, take it to the coast, whatever you want to do, and just see what it's like to live with that vehicle for a few days. That's a, an ideal no-pressure car rental. That's awesome. Exactly. Wow. That's the idea. So so you just started doing test drives out of the electric showcase about a month or so ago, right? Right. How have they been going so far? They've been going really well. Now that we've got the uh, showcase open, the next trick is making sure that people know about it and encouraging you to come down and check it out. So we've just started to gear up some uh, marketing campaigns to do that. And so we're seeing more and more interest in the test drives, um, particularly, as I say, for the newer vehicles that have things like the Volt that haven't been around for quite as long. Um, So that's getting booked pretty 
pretty steadily. I bet. I think yeah. I think the Bolt just came to dealerships maybe a couple months ago, right? Correct. Yeah, it went on sale in California in December, and I think we started getting them in Oregon in January. So really, just a few months. Do you know if any of your test drivers have gone on to purchase electric cars? Part of the idea with this project is to accelerate sales. Ultimately, our goal is to double the number of people in the Northwest who buy electric vehicles over the next three years. And so we are tracking folks through that whole process of they click on a Facebook ad or they walk into the showroom and go for a test drive and trying to track them all the way through the process to purchasing a vehicle. Uh, It's a little early to have results yet. Um, We know that we've made thousands of, uh, of impressions and folks are clicking through links and visiting the website, but we're still started just starting to get data in about <clears throat> how many of them actually wind up buying. So I really enjoyed visiting the showcase recently and I got a great tour from Esther who was working there. And I noticed that there was also an electric bicycle at the showcase. So you're not only focused on electric cars, you're focused on other modes of transportation too. Exactly right. Yes, I'm glad you noticed that. And we absolutely want to encourage people to use whatever transportation modes make sense. We've done a lot of work on electric assist bicycles. Uh, It's interesting, in the Netherlands and Germany, actually a majority of the new bikes being sold are now electric assist bikes. Really? More than half. Um, But they haven't really caught on in the U.S. yet, but we have thought for a while that uh, when they do, Portland is the logical place and the Northwest is the logical place to start. Makes sense. And they are a lot of fun, I have to say. I'm a a pretty serious cyclist myself, but having that little extra boost when you're going up a hill, pretty nice. Yeah, I I haven't tried one yet, but that's the first thing that just popped in my mind is, you know, looking at that hill coming up and trying to decide how much energy you're going to expend. And then maybe you can just flip a switch and get a little help. Exactly. And you can get just as much help as you feel like you need. And we do have those bikes available uh, for test drives as well. And (laughs) test rides, uh, (laughs) test rides. That's right. Uh, And we will also have them listed for rental. There's a service called spin lister which again is kind of like an Airbnb for your bicycle so that people can rent those for a few days if they want to. And you know what they're particularly good for, again, is for people who want to use the bicycle as transportation. And we find, you know, our office is in Northwest Portland. The showcase is right downtown. It's a 20 or 30 minute walk. It's a 20 or 30 minute trip on the streetcar. It's less than 10 minutes to hop on a bike and get between those two locations, then you don't have to pay for parking or find a parking space. It's just a lot more practical way to get around for meetings downtown. But when it's 90 degrees outside and sunny, um, you don't want to show up all sweaty. Sure. And you don't necessarily want to change into your spandex uh, to get to the meeting. (laughs) So it's really handy for things like that. Um, Also for folks who need to pick up groceries or uh, we have a colleague who has a, a cargo bike that she rides her kids on, and having the electric assist on that when you're hauling two children on the back of the bike is a pretty nice thing to have. So I think we're going to see more and more interest in those as well. you got a pretty prime spot downtown there on the corner, and it looks great. You, as you mentioned, it's really bright. It's eye-catching. How did you manage to get that great spot there? I'm glad you asked because I need to give a shout out to all of our project partners, but particularly Portland General Electric. We are housed in the World Trade Center with their headquarters, and they are deeply subsidizing that space for us. 
both the um, showroom space, but then we also have access to meeting space in that complex. So we can do workshops for, for example, uh, car dealership staff who want to learn more about electric vehicles or um, developers, apartment building managers, folks who manage commercial office buildings who want to understand how to put charging into those buildings, major businesses who are thinking about providing charging for their uh, employees at the workplace. So we're building up a pretty robust calendar of trainings, workshops, educational events uh, around that facility. Portland General Electric has been a great partner. We're also working with Pacificor and other utilities in the Northwest because part of this project will be not just the showroom, but also pop-up events all over Oregon and Washington over the next three years. So we'll be doing ride and drive events from all the way from Ashland to Spokane to uh, Seattle to you name it. Over the next few years, we'll be doing at least half a dozen events uh, every year. And uh, we'll also be doing this regional marketing campaign. And again, we have a number of partners for that as well who are contributing in-kind or cash to help make that possible. If somebody wanted to learn a little more about your partners, would they find them on your website? Yes, there's a list of the project partners on the fourthmobility.org website under the description of the showcase. We talk about some of the showcase partners. Um, We also have a list of all of our member companies and organizations. There's about 120 of those. And of course, this is also a good chance to say if anyone would like to join that list, um, we would love to hear from them. We're always looking for creative ideas, how to get the word out about electric and advanced mobility. And we're also looking for member companies, organizations, um, local governments uh, who want to work with us. So in addition to the showcase, uh, you also mentioned that you do some advocacy. What other programs do you offer? We do a lot of industry networking kind of events. So we have monthly industry networking events here in Portland, and we're about to launch those in Seattle as well as part of this expansion. And those are on topics all over the place from uh, some of them are more focused on sort of business development questions like um, how to do a crowdfunding campaign for your electric mobility business. Uh, Some of them are more focused on kind of deployment issues like um, uh, what's happening with the expansion of fast charging in the Northwest. And uh, some of them are in between. So they're typically a mix of content, outside speakers, uh, and a lot of networking. Uh, we usually hold them at a brew pub or uh, you know, someplace locally <laughs> where we have an open bar and some snacks and we bring interesting people together and see what happens. So we take the summer off because people don't tend to want to come inside for something like that. Uh, but in September, we'll be gearing those back up. And again, we'll be doing monthly events in both Portland and Seattle. We also organize a major national conference on electric and advanced mobility called the Roadmap Conference. And that takes place in June of every year and typically attracts 500 or so folks from all over the country. In fact, more and more from all over the world. We also take some of our member companies to other trade shows and events. Particularly, there's a global electric vehicle conference um, that moves from continent to continent. So it was in Montreal this past year, it's going to be in Stuttgart this fall, and then it'll be in Japan after that. And we uh, took several of our member companies with us 
um, to that show as part of a, a combined booth. Another so, reason for uh, any companies listening to maybe give you a call. That's it right. Sounds it's like a, a pretty really, good deal to me. <laughs> it is a good deal. It's a very economical way to get some of these shows and get a little bit more international perspective because um, we have a lot to learn from each other. Well, and the industry just keeps changing every year and improving. And I mean, I think electric vehicles used to go 30, 30, 40 miles, and now we're getting closer and closer to 300. That's right. And I mean, when I, when we started back in 2011, was about the same time the first cars were coming to the market at all, mass market electric vehicles. So it's it's been pretty astoundingly fast mm-hmm. evolution. Well, and that says a lot about Oregon. I think that just as they were coming out, Oregon and, and your organization realized, hey, this is, this is something to get on board and something to spread the word and, and let folks know that this is an option. Yeah, I think I, I do think that um, this is a good example of Oregon at its best, right? Being a pioneer, being an innovator, seeing the possibilities in electric mobility and being willing to make a little bit of an investment up front to position ourselves as a leader. And I do think it's paying off. I mean, we are well known uh, around the world as one of the hotspots in electric mobility here in the Northwest. And I not, don't know that that would be the case uh, if the state hadn't made that investment five, six years ago. I should say one of the other things that we do that's a lot of fun is a lot of demonstration and pilot projects because Oregon and, and the Northwest are a great place to test things. We are pretty small market, honestly, if you look at uh, globally, where the most electric vehicles sold, it's uh, California, China, certain parts of Europe. But um, what we have going for us here in the Northwest is we're a really good early adopter market. We have lots of people who are excited about new technology. They're not afraid to try new things, especially if it's something that's good for, for the environment. And uh, we have stakeholders and government agencies that are pretty easy to work with and pretty easy to um, bring together to work with one another. And so if you are an innovative company looking at some kind of uh, autonomous vehicle test, or if you're trying to figure out how do we sell electric assist bikes to people, or how do we make this business model work, this is really a good place to test that. Um, so, So we've gotten to work with partners on some really interesting projects along those lines. All right, so you've got your electric showcase. It's up and running. Uh, what is next for fourth? Well, there's a chance for the public to come help us celebrate the showcase. On July 22nd, we'll be doing a, a big public event down at the showcase on first, and we'll have the lots of different vehicles there. I think there will be some treats available, um, so watch for that information on our website. A uh, couple of other things that are coming up. Uh, one is, as I mentioned, there's this global electric vehicle conference. So we're rounding up companies to take with us over to Stuttgart in the fall. Um, So that'll be exciting. Here closer to home, one of the big trends we're seeing is that uh, utilities, electric utilities, are getting more and more involved in the electric vehicle space. And both Pacific Core and Portland General Electric have proposals in front of the Oregon Public Utility Commission um, to get more involved in that space, and we've been working with them on those and expect those to be approved in the next few months. Um, so expect a lot more activity there. Similar kinds of developments up in Washington State uh, as well. The other thing that I'm very excited about is we've been spending a, more and more uh, time and energy looking at how do you make sure that these new technologies benefit 
uh, everyone in the region and particularly lower income communities, environmental justice communities, communities of color. We've got a couple of interesting, uh, promising demonstration projects up and running and we're looking to scale those up in the coming months. Um, so one of those projects that's um, really interesting is with Hacienda Community Development Corporation where we've placed a couple of used electric vehicles and some charging stations out at their headquarters in Cully that they're using for their staff to get back and forth between their different um, locations because they were having to reimburse people the IRS mileage rate and this is a much cheaper, more convenient way to do it and not uh, require people to use their own vehicles. But then again, those vehicles are listed on this Turo peer-to-peer car share platform so that residents up there can rent the vehicles if they need to go to a doctor's appointment or go grocery shopping or just want to get out of town for the weekend and they might not have a car of their own. This is another option for them to get around. Uh, So we'll have a report on that pilot project coming out by the end of the year. We also have a little pilot going um, because part of what we learned when we were talking to folks in that community is that a lot of folks can't get a driver's license, um, either because they have some health issue or because there's also a, a law in Oregon that says if you're not documented, you can't have a driver's license. But folks are still here. They're still trying to figure out how to get to work. Uh, they may not have good transit service. And so we're testing some of these electric assist bicycles as a possible solution for folks um, to get to work and to do what they need to do without having to have a driver's license. So we're lending those to folks for a couple of months to see how they work out and get some initial reactions to that. So lots of interesting things happening in that space as we try and figure out, you know, how do you make sure this is not just about, um, you know, technology for folks who have the, uh, the resources to take advantage of it. If somebody wants to learn more about you, they can go to your website, fourthmobility.org. I assume you're also on social media channels. Do, do you have a newsletter people can sign up for? Uh, I'm so glad you asked. Yes, uh, website is fourthmobility.org. We're on social media as well as Fourth Mobility, uh, so Facebook and Twitter and so forth. And we do have an email newsletter that folks can sign up for on our website that goes out about once a month that covers all sorts of developments in electric and advanced mobility here in the region around the world. Uh, So I'd encourage folks to sign up for that. And then that's also the best way to find out about these monthly events that we put together. And Folks can stop by and come to any of those. They're open to the public and we'd love to see them there. Want to find out which electric car is right for you? Learn more at fourthmobility.org. Take a quiz to find out what options might be best for you and your family, and sign up for a test drive. And be sure to join Forth for their electric showcase celebration on July 22nd. See photos of the showcase on our blog, energyinfo.oregon.gov. Learn more about our work at www.oregon.gov energy. All episodes of Grounded are available on soundcloud.com slash Oregon Energy. Subscribe to Grounded using your favorite podcast app, including Google Play, Stitcher, and iTunes. Thanks again for listening to Grounded, a podcast by the Oregon Department of Energy.